Rabbi David Heber is with us live via telephone. How could we start 5777 without some input from Rabbi Heber about the calendaric trivia, which is interesting for this current brand new year? Rabbi David Heber, in addition to being a cautious administrator at the Star K, is the rabbi of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, and has been our calendaric trivia consultant for a very long time. Rabbi Hebrei, Shana Tovah to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. You too, you too. A good yard to you and all of your listeners. How was your Yontif? Yontif was wonderful. It was great. And um, um, one of the things I noticed, and I, <laughs> I guess it's unusual in Cheshvah to start with this one, but I noticed something that I, I actually, I should, I should say it differently. A listener pointed out something to me <coughs> that I thought was very interesting about this year's calendar, and I bet you already noticed it. This is the best year, the best setup one could possibly have for Tanis Esther and Purim. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they changed the clock. Correct. Tanis yeah. Esther is Thursday, so the, the fast will be an hour shorter because we changed the clock Saturday nights. So that gives you not only the Megillah right after Shabbos and a relatively shorter Shabbos, that's the second step, but then the third step is you have more time during the day on Sunday because of the clock change to actually get to the Suda and have a longer Purim day. So you right. put, so all those three factors because of that daylight savings time switch, I think it's March 13th if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's maybe the 12th, 12th, March 12th. March 12th, okay, March but 12th. Uh, but it'll be an Adela Yoda for people who have to change the <laughs> clock in the middle of the night. They're going to get mixed up in the morning. Uh, so that's so. that's my contribution to this discussion, but I'm sure you have other things to tell us about the brand new year. Okay, well, let's start with, for, I mean, in a way, it's a, it's an interesting year in that there's no, there's no Yom Tavim on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Not only on Shabbos, there's nothing on Arab Shabbos and nothing on uh, Matzah Shabbos on, on Sunday. Right. So. It's the only year that you have that there's no um, there's no vatoidienu and there's no erev tavshila. Now I I write I say that with an asterisk a little bit because on the very last day there is an erev tavshila. Right, right before Shana. right before next Rosh Hashanah, right. Right, but what, you're not going to eat it until next year. So right, the, the, you don't <laughs> eat an erev tavshila. You don't you don't have a vatoidienu and um, there's also no three sifrei Torah. This right. year, of course, except for Simchus Torah right. that, that we had. And um, by the way, I should point out on that uh, on the uh, Rosh Hashanah point that that uh, Erev Tavshilin will be for the entire world, for everyone in Israel and, and in Chutz Laaretz, right? That's correct. Right. Now, for people who work, this is the first time that we're having something since 1939. Um, and that is people who work, of course, let's say, you work, let's say you work for the federal government or you have a schedule like the federal government. Right. So all the Yom Tovim fall out on weekdays, every one of them, which means the most days you have vacation. Right, the most days you have to take off. Most days. Now, in the previous year, any time you have Rosh Hashanah on a Monday and Pesach on a Tuesday, you actually have all 13 days of Yom Tov on a weekday. As we said, there's no Shabbos, there's right. no Sunday. Right. But you, it always came out. It doesn't happen that often this type of year. I mean, it happens. It's not rare, but it, it doesn't happen all that often. But every time it happened since 1939, there was always a legal holiday that that Yonta fell out on, a, on usually Columbus Day. Right. Uh, but this year, you don't have that. So really, people, it's a big mysterious nefesh for people who are working. Uh, they they will have to take off, you know, 13 days, which right. uh, some, sometimes that's all they have on their vacation. Now, mm-hmm. of course, kids in school, 
you know. They're thrilled. <laughs> yeah. That's a different story. As, as we remember from our uh, elementary school days, those Monday, Tuesdays, were uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Yom Tavim, were... Uh, those were the best. <laughs> now, now as adults, we regret them, and we pray for those Rosh Hashanahs that are Shabbos Sunday, and that Columbus Day is Yom Kippur, which has happened, by the way, in the past. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. nobody had to take any days off during that season. Now, here's an interesting one um, that, that is, is not as commonly known, but it's a very interesting Abu Dram. Abu Dram was a Rishan. Abu Dram lived, um, I would say, maybe around 800 years ago. And he makes a very interesting observation. The, the Yoshev Seser, which is a capital Tillam, capital Tzadi Aleph 91, in Tehillim from, from David HaMelech, we say every week on Matzah Shabbos, after Shabbos ends. Right. As is well known, when Yontif comes out during the upcoming week, we don't say Vihinayim. So people in Shul know that, right? right. When Yontif falls out of the Oh, believe me, people in Shul know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, between, anyway, between Sunday and um, and Thursday and Friday, I'm sorry. Anyway, between Sunday and Friday, then we don't say vihinayim. Uh, of course, if Yontif is the following Shabbos, then uh, our meaning is to say vihinayim. Anyway, Rabbi John points out that the letter Zion, there is no letter Zion in, in Yeshiv Seser. In the vihinayim, Yeshiv Seser, that we say there's no letter Zion. It doesn't appear anywhere. Right? It's missing a letter, which is. Interesting because it's a fairly long capital and it would pretty much cover every letter. No Zion, why not? Yeah. It says because you skip the seven times a year. Oh, interesting. Right, you skip it seven times a year. <laughs> and if you count the number, number of Yom Taivim, you have seven, seven Yom Taivim that we have. You have, uh, you know, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and then, uh, two, two sets of Pesach, two sets of Sukkot, two sets of Pesach, and Shavu is add up to seven. Now, it just works out almost every year. It, it, for one reason or another, adds up to eight, or things are midweek. It, 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 it's more. Here, this is the only year that both in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar, it's the, the statement of Abu Jam is perfectly accurate in the sense that, that yes, there's seven Yom Taivim, and he means on average it's seven times. Right. But this year, there's actually seven Matzah Shabbosas that we actually skip. Um, we actually skip uh, the Yunayim. Very cool. Which is the most, obviously. Well, I think it could come eight sometimes. Oh, really? You know, time to fall out. But it's set, seven meaning it's exactly, uh, um, you know, it's, it's exactly that amount. Now, of course, this year is also, it's also the shortest possible year. Um, we're coming off of the longest possible year. Right. Last year was the longest, um, 385 days. And this year is the shortest possible, which is 353 days, which means... The distance between Rosh Hashanah and the next will be will be the shortest. Or now, the, now, in a non-leap year, how do we determine which is the shortest based on the Rosh Chodesh days? I assume. Correct. Right. right. So, a, a non-leap year is either three fifty-three, three fifty-four, or three fifty-five. Okay. And of course, that's based on the number of days in Cheshvan. Um, Cheshvan has three hundred and um, twenty-nine right. or thirty, right. and Kislev is. 29 or 30. Right. So if they're both 29, then it's 353. If they're both 30, it's 355. And if it's 29, 30, then it's 354. This year, it comes out that both are 29. Now, the question is, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? Why are they both 29? So this, this is interesting. This really gets to the, the, the depth of the calendar and uh, understanding how they were, how they established 
the, the calendar, the, the Chazal, right, are the rabbis of, of previous generations based on their Kabbalah, their, what they have studied, what they had learned from the predecessors all the way back to my Shabbenu on, on Harsinai, according to many opinions, that that's how it was transmitted, that, that calculation. So they, they, the issue is like this, that this past Rosh Hashanah, and it's actually an interesting point uh, from this, last Rosh Hashanah that we just celebrated was on a, was on a Monday. Right. It began on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Two years in a row. And next Rosh Hashanah is Thursday. begins on a Thursday, and right. that's based on when the new moon occurs, right. uh, occurred and will occur. Now, how do you facilitate that? How do you, how do you make sure that Rosh Hashanah is on a Monday and next Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday? The only way that works is if Chesron and Kislev both have 29 days. Right. And that, that's how... Uh, and we end up with the shortest number of days possible. Rabbi David Heber is with us talking about calendaric trivia for 5777. You know, one of the... Uh, I wanted to ask you about this. One of the prominent calendars in the Jewish community uh, wrote on the 29th of Tishrei, Yom Kippur Katan. Now, that's a mistake, correct? We don't say Yom correct. Kippur Katan. So am I right that Yom Kippur Katan can only be done eight times during the year? Because of the uh, because you'd never say it at the end of Nisan, at the end of uh, Tishrei, at the end of Elul, and there's a fourth. I forget which one is the fourth. End of um, Kislev. Right, you said Kislev. Oh, I didn't during Hanukkah. You wouldn't say it during Hanukkah, right? Am I right that it's only a potential of eight, or I guess nine, if there are two others? Right, correct. That's correct. In terms of Yom Kippur cuttings, so it's, it's funny that this custom, this minig, is becoming more and more popular around the world, and yet it's only a custom that's done. You know, relatively few times, only t- only two thirds of the time. You know, to begin with, from the times that you think you'd be able to do it, right, right. That's so uh, there was right. no Yom Kippur cut on this past uh, era verse Chodesh, even though uh, some thought there might be. And today is Bahab. What is the latest that Bahab can be? In, in other words, uh, to Bahab is a certain number of days today after the conclusion of Shemini Atzeres Simchas Torah. Uh, right, and, and and it depends also on when uh, when Chodesh Mar Cheshvan begins. Are we now? Is this the latest that Bahab could start on the on the uh, Jewish calendar? Actually, the latest could be the latest ends on the seventeenth of Cheshvan. Okay, the way it works, and this this is always a, a, a luach. You talk about mistakes in the luach. This is a common. I would say common, but it, it, I've seen this periodically when this happens. The way Bahab works, of course, Bahab are the fast days that. Uh, there are people who fast. There are people who say slichas, um, as a sort of as a um, if anybody did it on, on Yontif, on Sukkot, on Pesach. If they overdid it, right? Overdid it, right? right. <laughs> good, good way to explain Tysus's explanation of, of of that. So the way to calculate it is, we were mavarich bahab this past Shabbos, right? right? The chazan got up and, right. and shuls, even shuls that don't say bahab. They bless the those who are going to, right. to, you know, bless those people who are going to fast and right. ask that the tefillahs, the prayers, be accepted. So we don't do that on Rosh Chodesh. That's the that's the catch. Which means if Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday and a Friday, as it will be this coming year, right. um, then Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan is on Friday and Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And if Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan is on Friday and Shabbos. You have to wait till the next week to bless be it. Bahab on, right. Even though it's already Parshas Nayach by right. then, because because Beresh is the day after Simchas Torah. A week later, Shabbos Rosh is already Parshas Nayach. You can't be Mavarch Bahab yet because it's Rosh So they didn't want to they didn't want to mix into the Simcha of Rosh Chodesh, the, the the I guess the Tsar and the, the you know the anguish of you know the Bahab, which really is going on potentially you know wrongdoing. So they didn't want to mix the two. 
and therefore they said, okay, we can wait a week. You know, we're pushing up the whole Bahab because we have to be, we have to bless it. We have to be Mubarakat. So they push it off to the eighth of, uh, the eighth day, which is Pashas Lech Lecha, the eighth of Cheshvan. That's Shabbos, and then Monday is the tenth. And then, um, so next year at this time, we will, will not even start it yet. It will always begin until the 10th. Right. If you, think it's, till 17th. if you think it's late this year, just wait till next year. You'll see how late it can be. Exactly. Uh, tell, I always enjoy hearing your, uh, uh, the information about the partios. Uh, there are some years when we have no double partios, and there are many years that there are, you know, many, many double partios. 5777 will give us what type of partios set up. Okay, so we get them all together except or Chukas and Bullock. Otherwise, it's everything double? Everything double. Wow! The whole, we the better, whole... i got to mentally prepare myself for this. <laughs> but, uh, you're about, if you're about Kaira, then, then uh, <laughs> you know, last this past year was about Kaira's uh, uh, dream, pretty much, except Matis Masse were together. But this coming year, we're going to have them all except for Chukas and Bullock. There are years that you actually even have Chukas and Bullock together, and, and everything. And, um... And uh, I'm trying to think if uh, if th- if this is a year. Let's see, Pesach is on uh, Monday, right? Pesach is on uh, is on Tuesday, is on, Monday night. Right, Monday night. All right, Monday so night. so it wouldn't affect. We we won't have that situation after Pesach where in Israel they're laning something differently than us. Now we have an extra double parsha. That's right. Not yeah, we're we're clear. We're clear. The on following that. year, I think the following year that does happen. I think in 2018 on Pesach that does happen. Where Achrinchal Pesach is on Shabbos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this comes right. 2018 and 2019. And so 2019. We'll have, we'll right. have a pshuta, a, a regular year. Right. We'll have uh, so so. Here's the big question. I, I I mean I must have asked you this at least once in the last twenty years. What are the maximum number of double partios weeks that we can have? The maximum we can have them all seven. There's seven total. So everybody out there who thinks there's twenty weeks of double partios is really only seven. Only seven. That's it. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like more. Only only seven. Actually, I, I spoke about a interesting topic. I I, I had seen an article. Um, uh, about this in, in the Hamadiyya, Shavuot's time, and they actually got hold of the Svarim that, that it had quoted regarding wh- why Aliyah stop where they stop. Mm. Words, why do we stop at Shani and Shlishi and Ravi? Right. And, and historically, I mean, it's just a fascinating topic, because historically it was really up to the Gabai and the, and the Chazonim who, who stopped. There were certain rules the Gemara gives, like... You can't stop at a place where, you know, it's a there's a problem. Right. You can't stop near the end of a paragraph of the, called a psucha or a stuma. Right. It has to be at the paragraph. You can't stop within three psukim. Those were the rules. And other than Parshat Hazinu, where the Gemara gives us a, a guideline, and even that's a machlaik as a dispute, how to understand that Gemara, but, but where, where do people stop? Each Chazin and Shamus stopped where they wanted to. And, and there was different... A whole slew of minhagim. There are still a few customs that differentiate, but pretty much, you open up most chumashim in the world, you will find pretty standard where to stop. But the, the whole standardization that we have is only about 400 years old. That was it was it was a teacher, a school teacher in the 1700s, who wrote. He's just had it. In other words, he's in shul and the gabai, the, the balkari stops, and then people yell out and say, "No, stop here!" And there was argue, there was arguing and fighting in shul, and he wrote this. And again, there had been other customs, but somehow this Melambatinikus, this this school teacher's kuntras, his booklet, actually about over ninety percent of what we do is really matches exactly um, uh, what he has. It was called Siume 
forgot the exact name, but it was Yume Parshas Atayra. So he he is the one who standardized the whole process. Pretty much, pretty much. It was, his, it was accepted. And and am I right or wrong that there is a book, a safer that outlines how to add alias, where one should, or, you know, if you need to add alias for whatever reason, more than seven on a Shabbos? Could be. How to Could do be. that and where to stop. Uh, I believe I've seen that. I mean, some people are against the practice to begin with. A lot, of, a lot of, of shuls don't do it. Right. But of course, do. if you come to shul, Nachum, they need to make a high office so you can get Akron if they forget to give you Levi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they discover I'm a Levi during Ravi. Yeah, right. you know, they, they've got to adjust accordingly. We have a question of guest over here, and they come <laughs> over to you. Right, shli- they you want know, to give you Shlishi. You, know Ra- you know what, Rabbi Heber? Just save me from Mincha, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, someone pointed out that I must share this with Rabbi Heber, even though it's not a 577 issue. A 577. 577- 77 issue. And that is that tomorrow, you know what tomorrow is, Rabbi Heber? Election day. And you know what it is? You know how it applies to the to the to, to your line of work? It applies to your line of work because it's the latest election day could be. Correct. It's always the Tuesday after the first Monday, right? Or after the wait. The, no, no, it's Tuesday after the first Monday, which leads to a, a, an interesting question and in that why the funny day? Why not just the first Tuesday? First Tuesday. Uh-huh. Why why they do this? So I thought about it. I always thought uh, it was perhaps for you know a reason. There's a, there's a religious holiday ah. on, on oh, November first. Right. Maybe they avoided that. Correct. But I found interesting. This is fascinating. In the Congressional Globe, which is a record of discussions in Congress that they had in the 1800s, it discusses the this law that we vote on on you know the way we have it first Tuesday. After the first Monday, it did not come around until 1845. Huh. The Constitution only says that Congress shall pick a day. Doesn't it? Doesn't say the actual day that it has to be. Congress could have picked any day. Until 1845, different states had different days, and it was not standardized. And also, it took time. You know, it was, right. it was not so easy to get to. Uh, it was it was it was difficult. Anyway, in 1845, Congress decided. They're going to standardize this law. Actually, the vote, I think, was in 1844, and the final ratification was actually on Tu B'Shvat, 1845, <laughs> yeah. was, the, was the final ratification. Yeah. And in it, somebody came up with a following problem. If it would just be the first Tuesday of November, there was a law, which doesn't exist anymore, that you need a certain number of days between the popular vote and the electoral college vote. Right. And it's, it was either 30 or 34. It's, it's not clear. It's, I think it was 34 days that it was. And now what would happen is if you would vote on November 1st, you would end up, the Electoral College in those days voted too far into December. Mm-hmm. It might have been the first Wednesday or something like that um, uh, of December. And now it'll come up more than the 34 days allowed. And they right. would have to change that law right. of, of in other words, to make this law the first <laughs> Tuesday of November, right. they would have to change this law of the Electoral College differential between the popular and electoral votes, right. and they don't want to do that. So right. they figured, oh, let's not deal with that law. Let's just bump up Election Day one day, in other words, or, or rather one week. And it was this year, as we say in the Gemara, this year is an Afkamina right. of this law. Instead of being this, the first, it's the eighth. And therefore, that, that's why it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday. Now, that law with the Electoral doesn't apply anymore. The Electoral right. College, I think, votes further into December. That law doesn't apply, but they kept on the books this day of of, uh, of election day. So, if, 
someone wants to talk to you about the election, uh, the water cooler for those listeners. You can say that. You don't really want to talk about elections. <laughs> you got a way out here. Say, hey, you know what? Let's talk about something everybody can agree on. Why are we voting tomorrow? <laughs> there you go. Rabbi Heber, you're the best. Rabbi David Heber, our calderic trivia expert, even when it's not related to our tradition. How do you like that? He's the uh, Kashrus Administrator the Star K, Rabbi Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland. Rabbi Heber, a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you. Thank you for joining us. You too. Thank you. One last thing. Very quickly, very quickly. Very quickly is that there's a solar eclipse this year. We'll talk about it maybe another time wow. in the summertime. Erev Rosh El, solar eclipse throughout the entire United States. I'm going to keep that in mind. Thank you so much. Monday morning broadcast. It's JM in the AM.